everyone! Welcome to The 20s Project, a podcast where we gather people in their 20s and talk about their life stories. Uh, today as we're you know starting this second episode of our podcast yeah. so Jackie and I are actually joined with Adrian and Yi so hi guys how are you good hi <laughs> good good thanks perfect. thanks for inviting us yeah. well thank you very much for joining thank us you so much. and for your time so perhaps if you would like to introduce yourselves just quickly you know where you come from what type of academic path or professional path you've had and what kind of program you're enrolled in currently at HEC and perhaps also your motivations for joining us today okay I'll start. Um, my name is Adrien. I'm originally from Geneva in Switzerland. I was born in, in Quebec, Canada, but I just stayed there for six months and then um, then went back to Switzerland when I was yeah six months old, basically. So I was raised uh, in Geneva for most of my life. Before coming to HSA, I did a bachelor's in, in business administration at the University of St. Gallen, mm-hmm. uh, which is also in Switzerland, kind of the opposite of Geneva <laughs> in many ways, but uh, yeah, still in Switzerland. And uh, so, yeah, bachelor's in business administration for uh, four something years. So I started in 2019 and then did three years in bachelor's and then a gap year before uh, coming to Ashesin. And during that, that gap year, my, my goal was to kind of find out what I wanted to do and, and, and kind of get some initial experience because my, my curriculum at the, during the bachelor's was not very... I would say professionalizing. So it's very theoretical, courses, exams, uh, not much practical work, no required internships whatsoever. So basically, if you don't do any summer internships before you graduate from the bachelor's, you don't have a clue of, of, of what you want to do and what you can do. So I was interested in, in trying to see how consulting would be potentially interesting for me. And I, I did a, then a three-month internship in Zurich for uh, Roland Berger, the, the German consulting firm, in the Zurich office for, so yeah, three months at the beginning of 2023. And at the same time, I, I was applying for master's, so it was kind of a stressful period, yeah. uh, lots of I things bet. coming together. Yeah. But yeah, in the end, um, I made it here as we all did so Yay. I'm currently <laughs> exactly currently an uh, M1 student in the MIM at Ajusea. Um so my name is Yi and uh, I come from China I was born in Wuhan but I did my bachelor's in Beijing mm-hmm. in Tsinghua University and I like it's kind of different because um you know, it's like in China, it's like your education is kind of preset. Like everybody do a master and that's why yeah. kind of mm-hmm. like the reason why I'm applying for a master. And also like back in my, my bachelor's degree, I did English literature. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, and I had a minor in business administration, but I kind of, I want a different, like I, I want to show some expertise in business. So that's why I applied to this program. By the way, I'm doing the double degree between HSC and Yale. And so yeah. this is my first year here and next year I'm going to take a gap year and then go to Yale for the second year. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And for consulting, uh, it, actually like in China, we always like do so many internships during the bachelor's. Like we not only do summer or winter or vacation, <laughs> we also do it like when we're studying. Basically, I go to the office at 10 a.m. in the morning mm-hmm. and then I go back to the school at like 7 p.m. Oh, and finish wow. classes. And but, but like in class, I'm actually still doing the work because it's just like, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's China, yeah. you know, like work hours are so bad. <laughs> How did you handle part-time <laughs> students? <laughs> yes. That's true, yeah. Oh my god. But anyways, so I did three internships back in my bachelor's mm-hmm. degree. Actually four. <laughs> and then um but still like it's still very difficult for you to find a job afterwards. Okay. And then I'm going uh like pursuing this degree, trying to find a better job. Probably. What were the four yeah. industries you were in? 
Uh, so first of all, I did this like it's like a research assistant with Harvard Business School. Okay. And then I did consulting. Mm-hmm. Then I did product management oh. in internet companies, and then I did business analytics. So it's like oh, nice. all the changes oh, along dynamic. the way. Yeah. Seen everything. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Interesting. But okay. So then, uh, why were you both interested in consulting in general? What For me, it's very interesting because um, I was first introduced to this industry by a girl in the, like the year before me, mm-hmm. because she said like it's very difficult for us English literature major students to find a job, mm-hmm. and consulting is definitely an industry that welcomes everybody. Yeah, that's and that's true. like a, that's a good start, and that's why I. Apply for part-time assistant mm-hmm. at Boston Consulting Group when I was in my second year, and I think that definitely helped me to gain other experience in other industries afterwards. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You? So my initial interest in consulting was not uh, from early on. Honestly, I, I when I started my bachelor's, um, I initially wanted to work in the um, in the watchmaking industry in Switzerland because I was very into into watches at the time. Oh, let's. I was a lot into watches at the time, still mm-hmm. am, but more as a as a hobby than than as real strong professional interest. So that was my initial motivation for going to business school and actually uh, learning all about business. Mm-hmm. And throughout all the courses that we have during the bachelor's, where you you look at finance, you look at uh, strategy, you look at marketing, we always had all of these case studies uh, introducing us to a wide range of industries, which were honestly as an early early bachelor's business students you're not necessarily familiar with. So I started seeing all of these uh, potentially interesting industries that also might be something I wanted to do mm-hmm. um, and to kind of sort of evade the choice of, um, of having to, you know, set yourself on one industry. I said, OK, maybe let's let's try to do consulting for a while and and see. It's, it's a bit cliche, like, oh, I want to do consulting because I'm really curious and I want to yeah. look at everything. <laughs> uh, but I think it really is, um, uh, at least for me, it is like this. And so, yeah, I kind of see it as a... Um, as a great opportunity to make the best choice of what industry you're actually going to settle down mm-hmm. for, mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to just choosing one where you have an opportunity right out of university um, and then continuing like that for potentially ever. Do you already have like a thought of which industry you want to deep dive into? <laughs> mm, or you're still not really. When not I when I was at the um, exploring, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's it's why just... I'm taking a gap here. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Honestly, I think that's pretty understandable, and I think that's Absolutely. also why a lot of people are joining HEC, trying to mm-hmm. like explore, discover more about ourselves. Yeah. And it's also super interesting, like because when you were mentioning your motivation, it seems like it really came from you guys. Mm-hmm. Like me personally, I do remember at a certain point in my bachelor's my parents were asking me oh would you see yourself you know doing consulting because like when you hear someone mentioning they would want to become consultants it has a certain prestige mm-hmm. you know um, and do you think that perhaps there's a certain percentage of your motivation to actually join consulting mm-hmm. related to this prestige or this image that people have of the industry I think to some extent yeah mm-hmm. like it feels like it's a very high profile job um, and like the best part is you like in consulting, you're the type of like it's the type of job that you communicate with people. It's not like computer science. You like sit in front of the computer Absolutely. all day. Yeah. So like it feels like you can wear all the nice suits and go to different <laughs> Meet offices, the client, and yeah, yeah, travel yeah, everywhere, the <laughs> that kind of yeah. stuff, and it kind of feels good. Mm. Yeah, definitely that's part of the reason. But but like at the same time, it also applies to all the other jobs. 
like in finance right mm-hmm. and also like in luxury it's also the same mm-hmm. so i think for myself consulting is all like it's like it's still more about how it gets you to know more about each mm-hmm. of the industry and like mm-hmm. to knowing different stuff and you can like be with different people for each of the project mm-hmm. and that's the fun part so like how it opens up so many different doors to different industries exactly. right yeah I, i i agree with that definitely i think that um saying that the prestige is not part of the reasoning to go into consulting would be a lie Uh, for most people, honestly, yeah, yeah. but um, I think that it also has to do with it's about maximizing as well your your skill set and what we learn here and 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 what we're taught in business school. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of opportunities, but I think that among the prestige kind of careers, you know, IB, PE, etc., all these things that we keep on hearing all the time, um, I think it's it's really one where you can maximize most of your skills. You can apply lots of yeah. uh, finance skills, hard skills. Uh, but you can also it's as you said it's a people facing business so you always have to you know think about customer relationships mm-hmm. how how do you how do you foster and maintain that and i think it's it's really diverse not only in the in the industries with that you face and in in the in the situations that you face but also in the in the skills that are required to actually excel at this job and i think that's also a big part of the of the reasoning and also like you know I've, i think a lot of us have this idea of consulting being a sort of shark tank you know from everything that we also hear uh, from people that we know from you know on social medias on the internet in general when it comes also to employer uh, rating and experience in general from your guys' experiences like would you say that this is something that you would agree with and then do you have any tips and tricks to survive in such an environment or do you think it's a bit more benevolent than what people would want us to believe i wouldn't say that i have survived yeah. because i haven't landed a job yet same <laughs> yeah i think this is something that is haunting all of us mm. and um like i remember preparing this question for my application that is um would you say that consulting is an um, industry that's already too packed like there's mm-hmm. no room for other people mm-hmm. and i would say like um in this economy this is something that people always have the demand for mm-hmm. so probably there's still room but mm-hmm. i would say it would it would it is definitely more competitive than before so basically what you can do is just be better <laughs> <laughs> always improve yourself yeah. right but like when you observe people already working in the the company mm-hmm. you used to work in what would be like a key trait or character or a uh, skill that they all have in terms of survival <laughs> interesting uh, because i have yes i do observe people who actually got an offer from all these companies mm-hmm. and i saw one thing oh. that is they are people who are very gentle but very determined at the same time okay in yeah terms of gentle what do you mean by gentle? it's like the way they talk it's like they are not like very assertive that kind of people okay. like um when you are see in like uh, entrepreneurship that kind of stuff like mm-hmm. people who can tell you like this is what you are going to do they never say that Mm -hmm. they just tell you very like they talk slowly confidently yeah but very confidently Mm -hmm. okay that's something i think is very unique to the industry of consulting and especially in china i Mm -hmm. see all the people who are going to this industry is like that wow i wasn't expecting it to be honest okay but it's really any observations from your side i'd say that maybe It's it's less visible, of mm-hmm. course, but I think a core characteristic would be most people who manage to break into consulting as juniors, uh, at least, are people who dare, like people who are not afraid to just try something out and see if it works. That do not necessarily need to have 
all of the information to make a decision and have exhausted every single potential way to go before actually deciding on which way to go. I think that's very important because it's also what is basically going to be required of you on the job is just most projects as a junior again, you will probably have no clue what you're talking about in the first on your first day of working on this project, which is also the point. But you need to have that confidence to say, okay, I don't know anything about this, I'm going to learn. And while I'm learning, I'm going to just try something out, make proposals, just and iterate like that. And if you don't have that confidence to just say, okay, let's go, let's go that way, we'll see where it leads. Um, I think it's going to be very difficult and very mentally challenging as well. Um. So you just mentioned something like on the day one, it's always exciting but also nervous at the same mm -hmm. time. How did you feel? Like what, what was in your mind or what was in your head when you first stepped into the office, when you first met your colleague, when you first received the first project? Like how did you feel? What was in your mind? Are you excited? Are you nervous? I was definitely nervous, mm -hmm. but I think more of the like I need to show confidence. It's like every time I get into this internship, I would think the reason I'm here is because they think I am worth it. Mm -hmm. So basically what I do is what I want. I just try my best and that like yeah. see how it goes. That's such yeah. a great mindset. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, you know, especially during internships, uh -huh. like a lot of people are scared because they feel like they don't have a lot to offer, mm -hmm. but actually you have a lot to bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And I feel like most people forget about it. Also during the interview processes, you know, mm -hmm. where they're telling the company that you know the company has a lot to offer them but mm -hmm. they don't or they don't think they have a lot to offer mm -hmm. but no actually but it's, fact, it's yeah. a it's a relationship it goes both yeah. ways you have things to bring to the company and the company needs to mm -hmm. bring things and that's to why you. they chose you right? exactly 100 yeah. mm -hmm. like a few days back i was helping this um another uh, friend of mine to uh, like uh, with the application process mm -hmm. and she was doing this uh, mock interview and i asked her like um why what makes you feel that you're special that makes you eligible for this program and she said she was like silent for two minutes oh. <laughs> she was like, i don't feel special at all and i and I'm like, no, it's like you already passed the like the first round, mm -hmm. right? Like you are in the interview process. That's that means that you are special. Yeah. I think that's something like everybody should believe in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's a, yeah. it's also a huge struggle because I don't know about you guys, but when uh -huh. I was little, also in high school, we all like everything that I wanted was to fit in, be part of the group. And so you don't really work on what makes you unique. Mm -hmm. And then you yeah. arrive at university and then you go through uh, you know, internships and everything, and you need to think about your unique selling points. Yeah, all of a sudden, you have to exactly. Like, for it. And exactly. I remember I was walking in the forest with my mom, and suddenly I looked at her. I was like, "What is so unique about me? What makes me unique?" Mm -hmm. You know. But I feel like the same thing. You can be asked to our peers, our colleagues, mm -hmm. or people close to us. Gather more information from them. You'll get exactly. to know more about yourself mm -hmm. after that. And if you are aware of that, then it there are little smart. things that you start noticing. You're mm -hmm. like, oh, actually, <laughs> I'm pretty good at this. <laughs> I'm unique. <laughs> yeah. But it takes a lot of time. No, but I, I feel like course. it's such a shame that we don't work on that yeah. when we're younger. Because mm -hmm. otherwise you might get bullied or, you know, you never know. No, but that's <laughs> yes, true. Yeah, like, that's, that's a reality. Really also, I think in the professional context, it's also hard to kind of figure out what to say, what to answer to these types of questions when you've never worked. Basically, yeah, yeah. When, when it's your first time, first time uh, applying for a job, especially in, in, in such competitive industries, mm -hmm. and they, they expect you to answer all of these questions. But if your only experience is just working and just living with people, etc., uh, you might not necessarily have the kind of viewpoint to just see exactly what is kind of expected of you yeah. uh, at that time. So I think it's it's very tough also to to kind of 
get the viewpoint to be able to answer those questions and actually reflect on yourself like that without having never been put in such a position. And what was the most surprising thing you figured during your internship in consulting industry? Anything that you weren't expecting to yeah. see or to experience? Um, for me, it's that it's completely different from what I expected. Really? Awesome. Uh, consulting is not only about like doing research and give them more information, it's also to help clients to figure out what they want. Yeah. Like you need to uh, talk with them and probably it's something already in their minds like for so mm -hmm. long. They just, mm -hmm. they have different departments, they have disagreements and you need to find out who is in charge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and you ask that person what is the thing that you want. And Mm -hmm. with like by our approach and with our mouth we tell you again what is something that you need to do and they will all agree because some, this mm -hmm. is something from the consulting company <laughs> <laughs> yes i think that's a very valid point um i think that we always think about consultants as problem solvers or solution providers yeah. etc i think it's just more realistic to think of them as more uh part of the solution and helping people and clients get to that solution uh, as kind of a sparing partner. Mm -hmm. um, as you said, like we're here to discuss and here to give outside counsel and uh, some legitimacy brought by the different uh, firms. But um, I think most of the time it can also be just running after people and, and making people inside the client's company uh, do the work that they're supposed to do because mm -hmm. otherwise They, they, they will not necessarily do it. Um, it's, it's really about just having someone come in from the outside and, and dig deep into what's happening, which is obviously hard when it's just business as usual every day. So yeah, I think it's a very valid point. And so for the future, of course, like we're going to talk about the master afterwards, but mm -hmm. um, how are you stressed, nervous, excited to eventually go back to consulting? Do you feel like You know, we talked about competitiveness. Mm -hmm. uh, is the increased competition something that you are looking forward to because eventually it's gonna, yeah. you know, be challenging? Or is it something that, you know, is a bit more like makes you makes you stressed? To be honest, for me, I haven't decided if I'm going to go back to consulting. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so like that's exactly the thing I'm going to figure out in my gap year. But I'm definitely very interested in strategy. So probably I will also try some in-house strategy mm -hmm. or like more data side jobs, you okay. know, like because they are absolutely like with more demand. Um, but yeah, like competition, something that you're scared of, but also looking forward to because if you win, it feels better. <laughs> I agree. Ooh, I, like, I agree. Yeah. Always gaining more and it. more confidence, right? Yeah. Very Let's good. go. Nice. Okay. Um, on my, in my case, um, Initially, I want to go back um, mm -hmm. during during my gap year first, and then hopefully after after graduating as well. Yeah. Uh, but the problem with uh, consulting in, in general and all of these kind of cyclical industries is that timing is very important. So if you just end up graduating at a at a bad time, um, you might just not get the job you want, or you might not just not get a job at all. And I'm not really worried about that since it's not my only option. It's not I absolutely want to go into consulting. It's it's more of a I want to experience that challenge for a few years, um, but I'm, as you said, corporate strategy is very also very interesting. Mm -hmm. If if you if you like to to, to think about strategic topics and in, in general, um, so I'm I'm not really worried. I, I wouldn't say I'm I'm worried, but it's more of a you're kind of waiting, expecting the time that you're gonna have to say, okay, now we need to go and we need to give it everything. Yeah. And I think it's it's also good because as you said, winning feels good if it's harder. <laughs> um, but 
having that, like we, we all pursued like good schools and good degrees mm -hmm. and, and we, so we, I assume that we all like to pursue the hardest thing that we can pursue with our current skill set. Um, and so I think that to continue on that trend of, okay, I've done a good bachelor's, I've done a good master's, and then I want to try to get the best job I can. It's not going to wreck my life if I don't get it, right. but it's, it's still, for now, I'm trying to do the max every time, and, and I kind of also enjoy pursuing these sort of mm -hmm. opportunities. So let's say if we have friends who also want to join consulting, what would be the tips that you would give them in terms of preparation or mindset to get them into a consulting firm? Or perhaps the questions they should also ask themselves to see if exactly, actually yeah. there's a genuine interest. Mm -hmm. um, I think for, for your question, like something they should definitely ask themselves is that what do you think of the, the industry itself? Like if you're expecting like all the things are going to be so pretty prestigious like mm. we're like always just um working on very good numbers and we have all the materials it's not like that mm -hmm. like as like um in my experience uh, at least um like 80 percent of the job is going into very down-to-earth stuff mm -hmm. like you you need to really go into the people and you need to like like in china we we do the like the wechat mm -hmm. search for like some articles that are so random but mm -hmm. you can find material there as well mm -hmm. it's like it's more random and it's more down to earth than you would expect so if you're going for something that's absolutely like fancy um, yeah very fancy mm -hmm. and just like talking to very pre prestigious people all the time that's not what you're looking mm -hmm. for so get ready to get your hands ready right <laughs> yeah exactly that's what i'm talking about yeah yeah it's not it's not all rosy and prestige and mm -hmm. and and Champagne, business class flights no it's not <laughs> I, well, I, i don't think it is something that's also very important to ask yourself is also in terms of your own resilience mm -hmm. uh, how do you react to bad situations and it's not about only withstanding pressure it's also about receiving feedback all the time potentially bad feedback negative feedback and and being ready to be to deal with people that are paying a lot for your work and that are going to expect lots of outcomes from it and that are not necessarily going to be very grateful uh, or very encouraging uh, I can say mm -hmm. um, not that I've had these experiences myself but I've, I've heard from a lot of colleagues um, where I worked at um, that there are uh, specific industries also um, where, where you might where you might be working uh, for um, in consulting that can be very um, very hard to work for because they have very high demands um, and and as a junior it's it's hard also because everything is dumped kind of on you um, and of course the responsibility is with the more senior people but you are also in permanent contact with clients and so if they tell you your work is shit basically um, and they will tell you that easily um, oh, you have to can't be, imagine. Oh my God. You, you really have to be prepared for that and yeah. how do you react to that do you mm. take it personally because mm. if you take things personally it might be difficult honestly so I'd say resilience is really something that you need But when you mention resilience, like what are the most common hobbies or stress release activities that the consultants have in your previous companies? Because I'm so curious, like how yeah. do they deal with their stress at all? Like I, we're having do our they, exams already, and then, yeah, how do they deal with that? If I like, remember, like uh, in the BCG office yeah. in Beijing, like in the pantry, there's this boxing stuff. You know, <laughs> they, there, there's a boxing glove. <laughs> okay. 
and, and the thing that like, you can punch. Really? So like yeah. you're you're yelled at by your clients, and then you just punch and you. <laughs> I never see Imagine. any people actually wearing the glass, yeah, but yeah, you know it's, it's a there. sign. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, then I'd say that I wouldn't have really encountered situations where people might have needed to mm. vent uh, like that. Where I was in the Zurich office, the the atmosphere was really chill. Like people were really nice. It was a rather small office, so you tend to know everyone. Uh, it's not like a big factory with uh, 300 people and, and 10 floors. It was really just one floor open space with all the yeah. people um, on yeah. the, in, the, in the same kind of room, except for the partners who had separate mm -hmm. office, of course. Um, but I think that it also, it also depends on how your environment, um, mm -hmm. the country that you work in, in especially in consulting, is going to affect a lot uh, how the, the working culture is um, and, and how, the, how people kind of uh, react to different situations. Um, for example, I would, uh, during my internship, I also went to the Paris office and to the Brussels office and, and it was like it was not even the same company at all. Like the difference between the 300 people or so Paris office with everyone just knows the people around them and the teams they work with and like the Brussels or Zurich office where people play, I don't know, foosball during <laughs> the lunch break. Oh, really? um, okay. it, it's very, it, it also depends on the culture of the country you're yeah. working in. Um, but uh, it doesn't. It's not because it's stressful and that the work is is high pressure that you are not going to be able to find those good moments of actual community mm. and and people just working together and and enjoying it as well. Um, so I, I think stress and it's stressful, but people who work in consulting tend to also resist uh, pretty well to to that and be able to kind of separate when they're working and when they're just having coffee in the kitchen mm. with the the other people. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's not that bad as some people could expect. Yeah, and I agree. Um, so like, I think one thing really good about consulting is basically they really re respect the weekend. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. Because like when I work, then internet companies absolutely don't have weekend. Like if there's like no something they, um, no. mm. I'm in terms, so it's oh. a little bit better. But for okay. some other people, okay. no. Okay. If they just give you some data that you need to analyze, like before Monday, then you need to do it during the weekend. Mm. And they're not paying no. you for that. Oh. So I think um, one thing good about the consulting company is that actually you have the weekend because when you're working in like internet companies, mm -hmm. uh, probably there's like you just don't have the weekend. If you do have Sunday that you need to work on you need to finish it before Monday mm -hmm. but in consulting at least that you can like you can work from like uh, 9 a.m. to 2 a.m. in the morning mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. then you will have the weekend because basically your client isn't working okay uh, during the weekend and that's why you have the time off and they won't expect you to do the same right yeah exactly so everyone chill relaxed on the weekend mm -hmm. exactly perhaps before we move on then to masters. masters and everything I just wanted to quickly touch upon something that I think all of us mentioned is mm -hmm. how competitive it is and I think Jackie and I would probably have you know the experience of recruiting people mm -hmm. and um, you know I feel like especially when you want to apply for internships and first like first jobs um, and you get rejected it might be complicated because you doubt a lot and then you're doubting yourself and uh, your competencies your abilities but there are so many factors that come into account uh, as we said how competitive the industry is how many candidates are there mm -hmm. uh, it might also happen that you have someone that has been referred to us internally um, so yeah, I just wanted to say it's not because you don't get the job or you don't mm -hmm. get the internship that you're not worthy of the industry or you're not worthy of the job or you're not yeah. worthy of the company. Perhaps 
if you apply in six months, you'll get the position really easily. Yeah. But again, it's just mm-hmm. a matter of circumstances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, how would you prepare yourself for the mindset? Like, I'm sure you've sent out like hundreds, thousands <laughs> of applications, but how do you prepare yourself during the process? Like when it's hard, how do you manage? <laughs> you just okay. get over it. I guess it's difficult for all of us. No, yeah. yeah, honestly, that's the thing about um, applying for a highly competitive industry is yeah. that you're also you're not sending out your application like I need to get this or I'm confident that I will get this. Mm-hmm. It's I'll, I'll send out what I can and what I get back is yeah like even getting like an interview invite is already crazy crazy yeah, at this point, yeah. especially mm-hmm. these days. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that compared to people who are just actually looking for a specific industry or a specific company, they say, oh, I, I want to work for that company. I want to work for that product. It's, it's, it's really interesting for me. I really want to go there. And then you get rejected. Mm-hmm. You might actually be really let down. But if you just say, okay, I want to work in consulting, I'm going to aim for all of the, all of the potential companies that work within a, a specific industry or maybe that are generalists um, and so on. Um, and basically, it's not that you're indifferent between working at BCG or at Oliver Wyman or at Roland Berger or anywhere. It's just, it, it makes less of a difference, I think, um, than someone who says, who's passionate about, I don't know, uh, aircraft and wants to work for Airbus. You yeah. apply to Airbus, you get rejected. Basically, you're... That's it. That's it, exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's no yeah. second Airbus. Yeah. And yeah. I think that the, the similarity of the work that most of these companies do, even if they all s- like to say they're unique and they are in, in some way, but you still like your your opportunities are very wide and even if it's hard to get into them um, at least you can apply to a lot of companies and mm-hmm. kind of maximize your chances yeah for me i think a uh, best tip will always be prepare yourself mm-hmm. like just be pr- as prepared as you can like yeah. do all the mock interviews and ask yourself all the questions that might be possible to come up in the interview and like um do everything you can and then leave the rest to the fate <laughs> yeah, yeah at least you yeah, won't yeah. regret anything yeah. no true yeah, true, true yeah okay. I, I agree when I, I got my internship at Roland Berger I had applied to maybe 20 different firms in Switzerland mm-hmm. and it was the only interview invite that I got was for this company and, and that's what I eventually ended up doing same now uh, I'm applying for the gap year for, for next year again I applied to all of the firms in, in Switzerland yeah. Geneva Zurich uh, everywhere and I only got one interview invite and I hope that I'm wow. going to make it. But wow. it's, it's, it's crazy that you just apply for all of these and there's no rule. Like you could get an interview invite from the best of the firms that you mm-hmm. applied, which would in your mind be the most selective yeah. and get rejected by the one that when you send the applications, you're like, OK, yeah, I'm sure they're going to take it. <laughs> but sure. it's not like that. Oh, yeah. So. Be prepared for fate, as you said. Yeah. Do you both mind pulling some figures, like how many applications you've sent, how many interviews you've received, and how many offers? Just you like for recently, us to have a... Recently, or like... When you had your consulting offer, like how many um, in, uh, applications have you sent, how many invites have you got, and then the offer? I think like for, uh, for my internship back in college, it was different because like okay. basically at the time, um, only Boston Consulting Group was sending out this invitation for um, it, it's like it's a giant pool mm-hmm. so basically you just apply and then you took the um, online test and then you go through two interviews and if you're if you make it then you're in the pool oh, it's okay. more like that mm-hmm. so um, I didn't actually apply to different companies at the time but I did apply before that to Bain and to 
I think just Bay because McKinsey doesn't do part time assistant,、okay. um, and I failed. Like、mm-hmm. yeah, it's、mm-hmm. so. Yeah, it's like fifty fifty, I guess. That's a that's an excellent rate. How about you? In my case, it would have been maybe ten to fifteen applications.、Mm-hmm. So yeah, I had applied to、um, all of the tier two that are in Switzerland. So Oliver Wyman,、uh, Simon Kuchar. Uh, Roland Berger、um, and Strategy and、uh, PwC, etc. Maybe yeah, say ten out of these. No, yeah, fifteen out of these fifteen. One interview invite from、mm-hmm. Roland Berger, and then one hundred percent success rate、uh, <laughs> based on one interview. So、oh, wow. it's it's it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it, it's not.、Mm-hmm. You can. It's yeah. It's not like you're applying to the whole world because I was just applying in Switzerland. So that、mm-hmm. that maybe also、um, that's also. Uh, yeah. Not the case for everybody,、um, but yeah, I wouldn't say that you have absolutely to send a hundred applications.、Uh, you just have to do it really well.、Mm-hmm. Um, it's also comes back to what you said about being prepared.、Yeah. I think that、um, something that's very important、uh, when considering applying for consulting jobs or internships, it's when you just go straight to send your CV and your motivation letter in the online application portal without doing anything else. Basically, you're one of a, Ten thousand people probably,、mm-hmm. and you're not. You you might get a job like that, but you might need to have a crazy file that really stands out、um, among potentially thousands of applicants. Whereas if you really take the approach of trying to get a personal contact in the company,、um, and I don't mean calling up your parents' friends who、yeah. work at PCG <laughs> or something else,、uh-huh. um, but like really just going to the events,、uh, which. I also got rejected from a couple times for BCG,、mm-hmm. but still, I、like, go to the events you can go to here at Ashesse. We have,、um, we're very lucky to have a lot of them come to campus and、yeah. also invite us to their offices. And I think that really can double your chances. And not really quantifying here, but that's not the point. It's just to say that by just applying like everyone else does,、um, you're really missing a lot of the value that Ashesse and other schools like that have to provide. Is that We have the recognition. Okay, it's it looks nice on your CV, but it also attracts them to come here and to be potentially. You can talk to some people that work there、yeah. without、uh, sending out ten thousand messages on LinkedIn and expecting maybe one response. You can actually talk to them and and maybe build this relationship,、um, this informal relationship, which will help you a lot. Because I don't know exactly how these de- recruiting processes work, and I'm not talking only about referrals and stuff. But as long as the HR know. Directly or indirectly, that you're really motivated, and that someone in-house has told them, "Okay, I met this person at the career fair. She was very, very interested in the job, and and she she asked a lot of、um, relevant questions, etc." I think it really it really means a lot to them, and it also、uh, distinguishes you from the mass of people who just、mm-hmm. send out the same CV and same、yeah. motivation letter,、uh, just changing the name of the company.、Mm-hmm. So, I think that's I really important. I have a question for you. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. So, like. Uh, because when I'm going to this career event, I feel like there are so many people like crowding all this. Like there's、yeah. just like couple a couple people from the、mm-hmm. company, and like people are all asking the same questions, and they are just answering them like equally one by one.、Um, how do you feel like? How do you actually make an impression to make them、yeah. like when you're actually in the application process? No matter if you're sending a message on LinkedIn, and they will actually make this not a referral, but like some kind of. Um, communication to the HR saying, ah, I know this person, but like, how far should I go to make it to this point?、Mm-hmm. 
Well, I think that it's it's not necessarily about making an impression and, and mm-hmm. showing yourself. I think it's more also about accessing information that you mm-hmm. would not probably get uh, as an outsider. Um, and so I, at these kind of events, I prefer actually listening first than to actually being the first one to ask the question um, uh, every time. And I, it really annoys me when people do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's two approaches, honestly. There's no yeah. bad one or no good one. But I think that when in these events, you're here to potentially form relationships with people but you know finding about information that is not available to the rest of of the world um, can really help you recontacting that person later and reacting up on that okay when I listened to your presentation of the company and you really said that which was really interesting for me and people love receiving messages like this so Mm. it's also it, it can be a good way to kind of avoid the crowding out of those events as as they are honestly um, by just taking your time listening to the people rather than just pushing yourself and, and, and really making standing out absolutely and needing to stand out. I think it can also be a very valid approach. Um, what I noticed, I mean, so I, I, when I was still at university, so doing the bachelor's degree, I talked to a guy that was also recruiting, uh, but not in consulting, but in luxury industry. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me basically, um, if you are introducing yourself, then also try to put in like put into your introduction something really special about the company that not everyone would know. Mm-hmm. For example, we're talking about like watches. Mm-hmm. Rolex is owned by a foundation. They are giving out a lot of money to the city of Geneva mm-hmm. for you know like different missions and so it's that's something that people don't usually know mm-hmm. and they are collaborating with a lot of also photographs. They are you know giving a lot of money out for arts and everything. So if you go to like a recruiter that let's say works at Rolex and you're telling them all of those things and I truly do relate because this is really something that I want to find within the company that I want to join I feel like you really set yourself apart instead mm-hmm. of saying I like watches and I like mm-hmm. luxury and I, I want to do sales mm-hmm. or something similar and I think that can also connect to people if they want to apply for a master's degree it's the same thing because like mm-hmm. yeah. if you're applying for a master's degree you also need to come up with like your connection with this program mm-hmm. or why you want to join this it's not just general answers like oh yeah because your school has like rank number one in, the, in, in europe <laughs> yeah, something it's not like, like you have to find some unique points mm-hmm. to connect with the with the company to connect with the schools connect with the program so that you're they're really convinced that you want to join us and the motivation is actually high and so in that sense since we're talking you know we talked about hsc also previously like mm-hmm. what made you guys want to join the master's program that you currently enroll in so the double degree with yale and the master in management uh for me um i definitely love paris and that's like the number one reason i'm choosing this <laughs> have you uh, been here before? yes i traveled oh, okay. here like in 2019 and oh. i think like ever since i was like a kid you know paris <laughs> is know, like yeah. my dream, dream city, city for my honeymoon yeah. you know it's like oh, honeymoon, probably will still be here okay. i don't know <laughs> but yeah like um so like when i was choosing the master programs i know this program that has like one year in paris and one year uh in the u.s and that's like perfect combination Mm -hmm. and also like the two schools are the top schools in both europe and in the u.s and that means like larger chance i'm going to get like a better career path Mm -hmm. afterwards Mm -hmm. and yeah so i'm here Mm. very nice (laughs) very understandable um i i'd say that paris wasn't as part of the equation as uh, as it was uh, for you uh, because Geneva is three hours away by train so yeah. I've been here quite a few times 
I also uh, came to Paris for an exchange during my bachelor's. It was at the ESSEC. So um, I already knew the city and it was not the major attraction. Also because we're here in Jouy. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Jouy is very nice. Um, but I guess that I think that the core value that this program offers is that it really allows you, well, it can be good or bad, but it really allows you to take your time um, mm. as opposed to, I was also considering uh, the master's in management in in, um, in the UK, uh, mm-hmm. where they typically do one year. As as much as that is great for people who know exactly what they want to do and that are prepared to come into the master's and start doing their applications for the job that they have after graduation, it's good if you enjoy that, if you're looking for that. Uh, but that was not really my case because... Um, I was like, okay, we're going to work for 45, yeah. 50 years in the future. Do I really want to start working right now and, and be the youngest possible on the market with the best qualifications earlier? And and no, uh, I, I, I wanted to experience uh, what it's like to do a two years master's, mm-hmm. um, that you have the opportunity to do an internship mm-hmm. in between and do a gap year in between, which I did not have the opportunity during the bachelor. So I think that was, that's really uh, very important about this master. And also the fact that, well, you have this first general year and then you can kind of figure out what you want to specialize in based again on your professional experience that you have during the gap year. I think it's a very tailor-made program, even if it's not very flexible as we know. Um, but still very tailor-made and very customizable based on what you want to do and how you figure out what you want to do during the bachelor's as opposed to uh, the master's, sorry, as opposed to just rushing through it in a one-year program. So I think the length uh, was the most important aspect for me. Yeah, Yeah, for me too, like this is a very important part of the equation. Like uh, before this, I was kind of choosing between the catalog program that which mm-hmm. is one year and then this, uh, which is potentially three years. Yeah. And yeah. actually, um, like one month ago, I was still thinking of going to Yale like straight after this. But then I actually, I was applying to the summer internship and I felt like this is so competitive and mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm not prepared. And just like you said, I feel like there's a like, long life ahead mm-hmm. and I never did a gap year doing my bachelor's. I feel like it's time for me to take a little bit step back and yeah. look at myself, see where I'm going in the future. So yeah, I think why not? We're also not in a hurry. I mean, we're so young. No, yeah, we still exactly. have time to explore and yeah. figure out what it is that we truly want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Gap year is really a really perfect part of this program mm-hmm. and how do you both foresee this master program pivoting your career path how does it fit into your life or career in long term I, I'm I think it's it might have different values at different times of our, of our future career I think it's it's a very good um, how would you say a tremplin um, um, something that allows <laughs> you to start quickly like sort of an accelerator because okay. as we as we mentioned the interest that this school generates for uh, for employers and that people are coming on campus inviting you to events um, at the offices etc I think it's very good to have your kind of network of opportunities to uh, have the most possible choices uh, after graduation and and the quickest way in so to say so I think it's very valuable at that time but also at a later stage when most people who are here hopefully are going to be doing well in a few years. I think it's also good to uh, kind of maintain these relationships and really build the community in the long term because it's also what allows the school to keep on um, attracting the best talent and also forming the best talent. So yeah, I think it, it's it's good now and it's good later, mm-hmm. um, but at least that's the promise. We'll see. 
Uh, for me, I think I'm actually learning things here mm-hmm. because, uh, as I said, I did my bachelor's in English literature. That mm-hmm. means like it's totally different stuff. Um, and for me, even though I did this minor, I still feel like I have a great lack in the business knowledge. But here, um, I feel like before coming here, people are telling me that um, you know that like some classes in strategy or like in entrepreneurship are not necessarily that helpful. Mm-hmm. But I feel like um, like if you select more courses in finance or like um like accounting that kind of stuff it actually can help you to build more professional knowledge into Mm -hmm. this and um even though it's a little bit intense but you can actually learn stuff and that is i think very rewarding Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, i agree i think i think that's well maybe it's different for you and me because i I come from a business background already so in in m1 i'm basically redoing most Mm -hmm. of the things that i did in the bachelor's so um, it's interesting, but not that much at this stage. But I think that you you have a very good point that the, the the there is a strong focus here also on academics, and it's just not only the name, uh, and it's not only the recognition and the network. Um, I think that the the wide choices of specializations for M two because that's also a big value of the program is having this general year where you kind of do your professionalization sort of that you can market yourself to employers for the gap here and then decide what you want to do um, and in which direction you want to continue um, and i think that it, it can be also very rewarding um, mentally and uh, academically and to to also learn a lot of things here yeah and so during the first episode with jackie we mentioned i mean we talked a lot about you know finding your purpose you know what it is that will truly be fulfilling and make you happy so Perhaps, I mean, either through, you know, your professional career or personal aspirations, is there anything that it's going to be a little deep, <laughs> so don't be scared, stay, you know, stick with us, but um, is there anything that you would like to accomplish in your life? I think for me, uh, I think the key word is making an impact mm-hmm. because um, actually like, um, oh, I forgot to mention that I'm here because that we're like all working in 180 degree mm-hmm. consulting and that's like how I met Christina mm-hmm. and actually impact consulting is something I began to do back in my bachelor's I did this um, impact consulting on uh, startups and um, nonprofits, and it was definitely a very uh, meaningful experience for me because I actually saw how business grow and see how I can be helpful for, for people and that is something I really treasure mm. so I think in the future no matter I'm still like doing something um, it's more like non-profit or I'm doing something like in-house strategy or in a consulting company I, I feel like the like the key is that you are actually making an impact mm. like making business grow or you are helping people to gain more access to resources and I think that is something really meaningful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely yeah I think that Impact is, is, is what most people here also strive for, not necessarily in the, in the positive sense, but just mean, be meaningful and, and mm-hmm. not necessarily having found your subliminal purpose or something so, so special or, or because it's, it's, it's kind of, it can be also cliche, but I think that, yeah, we're here because we want to make a difference. Um, we want our presence in, in whatever, whatever we do, our efforts that actually contribute to something uh, to something greater and 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 whatever it may be, I don't know. We'll see. But it's it's about just the fact that your 
efforts are actually leading somewhere. Also, you know? that's how we like maintain the motivation and how we can mm-hmm. do it long term, right? It's mm-hmm. not just Absolutely. every day going to work nine to five and then go home mm-hmm. thinking, doubting, what am I doing on this world? So it's yeah, very that's important. where it's really yeah. important to like actually find something that you like because yeah. I <laughs> personally really believe in happiness. Mm-hmm. I don't think like we're here to you know just to make money or that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Like the ultimate yeah. goal is to be happy. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing something that you don't like, just don't do it. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent agree. All right. Well, that's perfect. So um, just we're to finish it off, <laughs> we're gonna do our the little game. Part. <laughs> So if you guys remember, so during at the end of the first episode, Jackie and I answered two questions from the "We're Not Really Stranger" game. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna do the same thing for our uh, guests today. Can you read it out loud? What is a compliment you wish you received more frequently? Ah, okay. I need to think. <laughs> okay, what's yours? What's yours? Is there a feeling you miss? Ooh, very abstract. <laughs> Being bored. Being bored? Oh. You being miss bored. being bored? I, I really miss being bored. No way. Awesome. Whenever bored here, we always have something to do. We always have like deadline or something, some side project or some... You can you never have nothing to do, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and compared to when we were in middle school and when the weekend was just uh, freedom, basically, complete yeah. freedom and every... Either you were in the classroom, either you were doing homework or either you were just playing and... and and finding something else to play with. Mm. Um, I think it's really something that that I'm missing here. Oh, that's so funny. Because from our discussion, I would have guessed otherwise. I would have guessed like you are always on the lookout for, you know, the next exciting thing to mm-hmm. do. Yeah, but not necessarily that I need it, you know, like okay. it's just more out of stress and um, foresight than actually enjoying it 100%, yeah. you know. So yeah. it's a bit bittersweet. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I think your answer is very inspiring for me. Like, um, I think for my question, like, what is the compliment you wish you received more frequently is that um, you are very relaxed. You know, it's like in oh, wow. Chinese, it's like... Uh, okay. Uh, because I feel like, um, like most of the time, it's a little bit intense for me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always trying to like find my purpose and... Um, like trying to improve myself I'm always like on the road mm-hmm. I feel like if um, people can say like I feel like that you're just um, very comfortable with who you are and uh, uh, you're okay with any consequence um, I feel like that would be a better state for mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. but still like for the time being I'm just I worry about things and I like just a couple of days before I, I was like a worried about like what I'm going to do during the gap year because I need to apply mm-hmm. and like all kinds of stuff and I hope like if I'm more relaxed yeah that would be better <laughs> <laughs> fingers crossed for you yeah, yeah absolutely it's a, it's a good really good point honestly it's and we also like every time we advance on a next step like when when you're going to find your internship for the gap year then you're going to worry about the next thing no. and and when I think about what I thought it would be like going actually studying in the, for the masters here, I was like, okay, if I manage to get in, then everything is gonna be all right. I'm gonna get the job I want. It's gonna I'm gonna no. be so chill. No. I really it's, it's always no. it's always one thing after the next, yeah, and yeah. you always think that okay, like when I if I imagine if I get a job that I want after graduation, then I'm just gonna. 
I'll only have to work for that job and I'll give it 100% it'll be so great and and I'll have achieved everything I wanted and it'll be just uphill from there yeah. but no it's always going to be there's always going to be something next and, I, and, and you also have to realize and step back sometimes that you say okay I've done all of this I was feeling that way mm -hmm. when I didn't have what I have now and, and I've come all this way um, and I really have to okay let's say now yeah. we just Mm -hmm. put your foot up a little bit and say okay reflect on that and and how it really has you've already made so much progress and, yeah. and it's not necessarily good to always be looking for the next thing it can be very productive professionally and and and, and personally but you always have to be careful and and i think that's it's one of the challenges of studying here and where there's always you know also events every night everything you can technically go out and and every night and having a a quiz on the same the next day, morning. 8 a.m. <laughs> so, no. yeah, you really have to yeah. prioritize your efforts and say, okay, what do I really want to do? Do I really want to push that far? Um, yeah. And I think it's good um, to wish for something but like I that. But I think on the other hand, it's because we all have uh, a goal in mind. We all want to, like, like you said, you want to have an impact on the society. You have this uh, ambitious goal in the future so you want to do something positive so that's why you keep looking for chances to fulfill this goal but uh, of course on the same time tap on your shoulder sometime mm -hmm. tell yourself you're doing very well already and yeah relax a bit but also exactly I think it's also a question of like how you see it because me personally that's something I struggled a lot with like always being on the lookout for the next big thing mm -hmm. and then never be 100% satisfied with the state that I was in and then my mom, <laughs> she's really into meditation and she was telling me, Christina, you know, you're, you're never actually living in the present. You're always living in the future. Mm -hmm. um, and now I feel like I'm eager to live. I'm eager to learn. And I'm way more in the present. And I don't feel like I'm missing opportunities, but I'm still doing a lot. Mm -hmm. But it's just the way that I look at things is totally different. Yeah. I'm feeling completely satisfied with where I am today. And I'm acknowledging that. But of course... I still want to do things yeah yeah I absolutely agree like um, for us absolutely we want to be relaxed mm -hmm. we want to be bored mm -hmm. but if we're <laughs> actually very relaxed or very bored I think probably we'll feel like the opposite like, yeah. I, I want to be more busy because like mm -hmm. the grass is always green mm -hmm. and uh, like if you have a goal in mind there's something you want to do and if you really stop and just um, like every day sitting in front of a window and just looking outside, mm -hmm. probably you'll feel like what I'm doing in my mm -hmm. life, right? Exactly. So, yeah. All right. I think that's all for today. Thank you so Great. much. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Coming. I thank hope you, you had a nice experience. Very nice. Yes. First, uh, first time, very positive. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's very fun sharing all the stuff mm -hmm. yeah. and also hearing your sharing as well. Mm -hmm. We're Perfect. really happy you enjoyed it. We also yeah. really enjoyed it. Enjoyed it a lot. So, again, thank you so much. We'll and see you on the corridor. Exactly. <laughs> ciao, ciao. Bye. like this episode don't forget to follow and give us a rating on apple Podcasts or spotify also we always love to hear from you so don't hesitate to dm us on our instagram the 20s project